Hey Tribe, Now Alchemy is a global pioneer of Ormus Gold and all natural absorption enhancement technologies. Archer Love founded Now Alchemy out of the passion to bring forth health products that you can truly trust. Today, Now Alchemy is the leading in the world's youth regenerating, anxiety relieving, conscious expanding remedies for everything the body needs. Some of the things I love most about Now Alchemy is not only do they utilize the abundant principles in sourcing from only the highest quality and most ethically farmed ingredients on the planet, but Archer Love makes these elixirs himself, infusing crystals and esophageal frequencies into each batch to raise their vibration in his sacred laboratory while keeping costs low and affordable. I have personally benefited so much from their Ormus and all of the elixirs that I love are the mushroom elixirs for the brain power and the shilaji elixir for focus and stamina. I use it all the time and I love it. I stand behind the integrity of Now Alchemy wholeheartedly and highly recommend all of their elixirs. Use discount code SHAMAN for 11% off your purchase. Human beings have been sharing stories for hundreds of thousands of years. And with those stories came the emotional, spiritual, and physical knowledge of the ancients. Shaman Durek, a sixth generation shaman and best-selling author of Spirit Hacking, bridges the gap between science and spirituality and brings us back to our roots. He's here to bring forth the ancient wisdom of our elders, to help heal and bring happiness into our modern society. The time has come to end codependency and put the power back into people's hands. Welcome to the tribe. Hello, wonderful, beautiful, powerful, amazing, transformative tribe. I, I know. I know we are having quite an experience. And for those of you who read the book Spirit Hacking that I wrote, these are the things that I was talking about, talking about the blackout and what exactly that means and where we are in our evolution. You know, we are at this very strong precipice for change. And all it requires for us to do is sink in a little bit deeper. To, to sink in into a space where we recognize the profound beauty and nature of our being without the idea of having to do so much to proclaim ourselves as human beings on this planet over the animal species and over nature itself. You see, We've been far removed from nature and animal and the connections of life that govern everything and that make us a part of everything. That we have forgotten the most important thing, which is to be alive, to love, to spend time with a wonderful people and to have conversations that feel good and that are nurturing and to really see the beauty of creation in all things 
So we are here at this moment now where we have this coronavirus that is demonstrating itself from the lack of pure intention that we've had towards the planet and for the animals who are very much a part of our species, a part of this planet. And we have not been living well with our brothers and sisters in the animal kingdom because somehow we've taken it into a space of believing that we are a far more superior being just because we can exercise our vocal box and said of realizing that our language isn't the only language that exists. We are in a moment of change, a place for us to recognize truth, an understanding that goes deeper than where we expected it to be. And this is why we've been given this time to pause, sink in, and really observe creation from within our innermost self so that we can project that out into the world. The world is a hologram. It is a sounding board, an energy scape that is being created by us in our consciousness. And my darlings, our consciousness has not been for life. Our consciousness has always been operating in survival in fear of not having or being acknowledged, loved, seen. That underlining energy of, I want to mean something. I want to be something. I want people to know who I am. Let me explain to you, darlings. You are something. And you don't have to do much to represent that truth. The fact that you exist. If I was to tell you that in the universal scheme of things, the deep spiritual understandings of truth, that is a huge, gigantic acknowledgement. You exist. We have to really look at how we've been operating in this energy scape. Now, the energy scape is Earth, right? It's the living dream. It is the place in which we project our realities and experience them through each other collectively and individually. And this doesn't just mean for human beings. This means for animals. Our negligence towards animals have caused one of not just the coronavirus, but major diseases on our planet that have affected us in such drastic ways.
as far as I can go back in history. We have not been responsible with the resources that we have been given. And we have a system that we are responsible for supporting and building that does not focus on life being the most important thing, more so than money or material possessions, profit or gain or power. You see, on our planet, we disregard life. And this is why we're getting this lesson right now. Not as a punishment, not as a, let me punish you and let me make you sick and let me create fear and let me let you know that you did bad and you know bad on you. No, that is not how spirit operates. Spirit operates by helping us to refine ourselves, to refine the way in which we use our mind and our consciousness. When I asked spirit, why do we have this coronavirus? Spirit said to me very clearly, this is a refinement of consciousness, a moment for human beings globally to step in and look at what is most important to you. And obviously you know what that is. We all know what that is because the moment people started dying from the coronavirus, the moment the idea of death is on the table is the moment when people start paying attention. But death is always on the table, always has been. You continue to put poisons in your body, eventually it will lead to death. You keep putting words in your mind and telling your emotions and telling yourself horrible things that are not filled with joy, light, and life nourishing words, but words that rip and tear and abuse and, and self-destruct and degrade and desecrate leads to death. You cut down your trees on your planet leads to death. You ruin the natural environments. You negligently destroy animals without love and care for the fact that they have a living soul leads to death. All of these things have already been leading to death. And now the only difference is it's, it's in our face and it's saying, hey, here it is. Take a look at me. I'm the coronavirus and I'm here to get you to pay attention to what is really important. And that's life. Because something that you haven't been paying attention to, you've been paying more attention to how many likes you get, how popular you are, how much money you have, how big your house is, how successful you are, who do you know, all these different things, which is not important. What is important is can you breathe air and are you living? Do you get to live? That is what is important. And when we stop and take a second, just a moment, a breather, a pause, an intermission to our life, what have we been doing? How have we been loving? How have we been honoring each other? Why are people so mean to themselves? to nature, to animals, to each other? Why can't we enjoy this planet? Why can't we enjoy nature and the animals and live in harmony 
Why can't we choose life? Why can't we choose life? Why do we put all of these other things before us that are not important to the soul? Why? Why, do, is it, why does it take a coronavirus to get people to actually start to think what is really important is life, family, friends, nature, this planet, the animals, oxygen, sunlight, water, nourishment, connection, love we make things so difficult and we don't have to is it really that difficult just to go tell someone you love them or they have to meet some kind of standard some kind of thing that you're waiting to give them the chance just to say I love you can't you see God in them can't you see the source in them can't you can't you see that this is not here to destroy us, but this is here to refine us? All the things that we live our lives from, entertainment, really? I'm glad that the movie theaters and the sports and all of these things have been shut down. No more movie sets making movies. No one doing any of these things anymore. No pop stars and actresses and all these things that we just keep focusing on as we think entertaining ourselves is the most important thing on the planet. A friend of mine tells me today, I need to go to Tulum. And I said to him, why? Because I need to be there because it's safer there and that's where I need to be. Okay. Is it really you're going to Tulum because it's safer? Are you going to Tulum because of the fact that you want more, you want to be around friends so you can go out and, and entertain yourself? That's what we've come down to, that we're bored, that we're so bored, stuck in our homes, that we wish we could do something like go to Tulum and be around more people because we think it's going to be safer there. I had to say to him, are, are you serious? So you're making decisions not based on looking at this grand opportunity for self-reflection and collective self-reflection on a global level of how we've been operating as human beings, but you're more concerned about the fact that you're bored and you need to go somewhere where you think it's going to be funner. So entertaining us is the key on planet Earth. If we're not entertained, we're not happy. Happiness should be something that comes from inside, not from the outside towards you, not from the outside in. Happiness should be self-created, self-generated, energetic field of truth that lives in you, stays in you, never dissipates from you or leaves you. It is always present and it's always there. And it's not something that you need to go do something to get a rise or to connect with someone to get happy. Happiness should be your 
resolute. It should be you. Joy should be you. Prosperity should be you. Healing should be you. Not something that you have to go and seek. If you have to go outside to seek healing, it's only for the purpose of you realizing that you can be healed or that you can accept healing. Healing is you. You are healing. You are healing. You are love. You are everything. You are. You're happy. It's all inside of you. And what this refinement is doing through this whole coronavirus is getting us to get clear clarity of how in which we have been subjected to things to distract us from what's really important. What is important in your life? Is it buying a new car so you can drive that sports car around? Is it you know, the clothes in your closet? Is it your home or your material things that you bought? Is it telling people how amazing your life is? It, what is important to you? Because I know what's important to me is connection. Being able to connect with people. And it's interesting how this coronavirus set up this idea of we have to be separate right? We have to have social spacing. <laughs> We've already been doing social spacing. <laughs> and now people are annoyed that they can't connect and hug and the things they had all the chances to do for years and years and years. All the people you could have hugged and had cuddle puddles with and just invited over and just got a big mattress and a bed and just everyone just hug each other and watch cartoons and movies and enjoy each other. And now... You're told to move away further away from people. Because now Spirit is saying, you had a chance to connect and hug and tell people, like touch them and tell them how beautiful and amazing they are through affection and connection. So now let's see if you are willing to recognize that you're connected to every living person and every living being on this planet and that you can connect with them through your spirit, through your heart, through your consciousness. Are you willing to step into that level, to that fold of truth? Do you realize that the social spacing is just a way for you to strengthen your inner spiritual being that connects to everyone simultaneously all the time and all you have to do is lean your spirit into them and you connect with them so the intimacy is needing to be rebuilt in the spiritual body the intimacy needs to be rebuilt in the emotional body the intimacy needs to re to be rebuilt in the mental body the physical body had many chances to be intimate, but those places where it wasn't allowing itself to go there was because it wasn't built in your internal self, your spiritual, mental, emotional self. So now we see these turn of events that are taking place on the earth 
and a lot of people are going into fear and buying guns and doing all of these things, which is exactly the opposite of what spirit is bringing through right now. You see, we have to understand that everything is for our benefit. It's unfortunate that a lot of us have to be in quarantine and that people are getting sick and that you can't be around certain people and you can't get on an airplane and you can't travel here and that countries are now putting borders up and, you know, and banning things and banning people and all this kind of stuff. And, you know, you get toilet paper scarce and all these different things that you probably didn't realize was such a luxury, like having toilet paper. Now toilet paper has now become the new diamond right and diamonds actually have no value anymore really because what's important right now is toilet paper and food and shelter and warm blankets and connection and being able to communicate and share and not feel so alone but when we had all of those things did you ever think toilet paper would be the new diamond did you think that that these things that we take for granted and don't be grateful for are going to be the thing that is most prevalent and necessary for us to live and feel and survive. Just a simple idea. How many times have we gone to the store and now you go to the store and the shelves are empty and you never thought about that would happen. And this is what spirit is teaching you is that you can't live in a box anymore. You can't live in this idea that Whole Foods is always going to be there. Your gym is always going to be there. Everything is always going to be there and it's always going to be the same and you're always going to be safe and you're always going to be in this place because safety should not be based on those things. Safety should be based upon your resilience, your spiritual nature, the profoundness and expansiveness of your heart and your ability to open your mouth and say words that inspire and delight, to bring words to yourself that make you feel empowered and loved so that you are being a self-generating field of loving consciousness. That means that in any moment, you can spark happiness in your body. <laughs> and at any moment, you can bring joy through your body. <laughs> and any moment, you could make your energy go up and feel good and vibrant and healthy and well. You can shift your immune system and make it stronger because you say so. Because you See it as truth in your being because you know that you're powerful. It's time to stop going outside and asking people to identify your power, to say to you, you're powerful, you're beautiful, you're amazing, you're smart, you're intelligent, you're this, you're that. You need to start knowing these things, my love. You need to start knowing this truth. Because that is what's going to get you through all of this. That's what's going to get you through all of this. Every accomplishment and every 
thing you've ever overcame, every pain and every suffering and every hurt you have endured is your carriage right now to move you through this because it gave you strength and it shows you that you can overcome anything. So of course you can overcome the coronavirus. You can overcome what's happening right now on the planet. You can overcome boredom and fear and anything that is being thrown at you because spirit is testing you right now, my darlings. And it's not testing you because it wants you to fail. It's testing you to strengthen you for what's coming after. I speak of the blackout in spirit hacking book, not as a, let me just scare you and talk about some nonsense from the mouth of a shaman. No, I speak to you about these things to ready you for what's coming. You see what we have created on earth has repercussions that needed time to develop and develop and develop like sitting underneath stirring up to bring us to a place of saying hey hey people of earth you don't live with the animal species and nature properly you take far too many resources than you need you innovate for the sake of innovating instead of innovating for the sake of survival of your species and the animal and the planet and helping this planet regenerate and create more life. You innovate to get a pat on your back, an award or some type of trophy to talk about your brilliance, your intelligence. Intelligent human beings are not ones that can think about creating things. That doesn't make you intelligent. An intelligent human being is one who's able to think about creating something that forwards their species and their planet into higher levels of evolution for all beings. An intelligent person sees the most important thing in life, which is life, and does everything they can to honor it, see it, and value it more so than anything they could ever create is to see and value and honor life. I don't care if someone learned how to split an atom and make an atomic bomb. I talk about it over and over again. The way we think on earth is malfunction in thinking. And if it takes spirit within you to project into the energy scape, which we call the holographic energy field of earth, where we project our thoughts and realities into the planet to create what we experience right now, to get us to go in, to pause, to breathe and rethink how we are choosing to use our mind. If you spend your time focusing on all the horrible things in life, you are using your mind incorrectly. If you focus your mind on the fact that the waters are healing, 
people are discovering ways to love each other and connect countries are building ways to meet with other people and have um, me mediating conversations that are not leading to war but leading into more peace and resolution and harmony and balance people in the hospital are getting healed the, the, the soil and the earth is replenishing and healing. Scientists are waking up and figuring out more ways to create technology and advancements that support the earth, the animals, and our species. This is how we use our mind for correct thinking. When I died in my 20s and I went to the other side, I asked one very valuable question. Why do human beings suffer? And the answer was clear. Malfunction in thinking. We think against ourselves. We create against ourselves. We hurt ourselves and hurt each other and then make excuses and then justify it based on color, sexuality, you know, uh, belief systems, who you voted for, who did I vote for, all of these very, very minuscule ideas that don't mean anything to spirit. The only thing that matters to spirit is, are you loving each other? That's it. That's it. Are you loving each other? I don't care if you're a man or if you're a woman and you choose to be with another man and a woman and you're of the same sex or you choose to be with whomever you choose to be with or you choose to be with three or four or five or six people because that's how big your heart is and that's how big you can love in a relationship it doesn't matter to spirit spirit doesn't care about any of those things those are things that we've put our mind on that's a waste of time and a waste of energy Spirit doesn't care if you're black, if you're white, if you're if you're a rapper or a singer or a famous actress, or if you're a man who works in the rice field, or if you are a man who's a lawyer, or if you're a man who's an engineer and a welder. Spirit does not care about any of those things. Those are things you've chosen. Those are things that you asked to be and chosen to use your free will to magistrate into uh, manifestation. Spirit does not care about those things. Spirit cares about one thing do you love each other do you love yourself and do you love what creation created for you that's it until human beings get that clear understanding and put away all their grievances and all their judgments and all their ideas of righteousness and all these things that they want to hold of what they think is this and what they think is that everybody's got an opinion today everybody's got an opinion today but is your opinion supporting our evolution if it's not then put it aside because spirit does not care about that coronavirus doesn't care if you're black coronavirus doesn't care if you're white coronavirus doesn't care who and what and how much money you have in the bank and how powerful you may seem to be and where you live and how you this and what you drive and what you wear and how many likes you have on your instagram and how many people listen to you and how what an influencer you are coronavirus doesn't care about that coronavirus doesn't care about any of those things 
because it affects everyone. So when I say to you, my loves, this is not a punishment. This is not a death sentence, unless, of course, you don't want to be here anymore. This is a time to go in and get your thinking out of malfunction of thinking and into correct thinking and ask yourself, do you love? Do you love? Do you love? That's it. That's it. Everything else is off the table right now. This is a time for global refinement. This is a time for deep introspection to see and understand creation from within. This is a time to look at the things that have distracted you and kept you from seeing what is most important, and that is life and that is love. Life and love. That is what is important. Not if you feel like you're this or that or whatever. Oh, those things don't matter to spirit. Mm -mm. It doesn't matter to spirit if you choose to fall in love with a man and you're a man. Get it off the table. It's not on the table. It doesn't matter what color you have and what religion you believe in, how you believe what you believe about God or Allah or Jesus or Muhammad or whatever it is you choose to believe. That's off the table. That doesn't matter. That's your, that's your grievances. Those are your issues. Those are the things that you keep putting before God. That's not God. God is not telling you do this and do this and do this or else. That's not God. That's you. That's human consciousness. God doesn't think in those types of ways. Spirit doesn't think in those types of ways. Spirit thinks in one way. I gave you life. I gave you resource. I gave you the ability to love. Now, decide what you want to do. You have free will. And whatever you do, whatever comes down on you, is because you have created it. Can't blame God. Can't blame spirit. Can't say God's punishing us. No, 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 no. God doesn't go into punishment because that's not, that's a human trait. That is not a spirit trait. All creation does is love and create. Love and create and give it love, give it free will, give it resource, and say, do as you please. Have fun. And this is what we've done. And so now we have to re we have to course correct ourselves into a place of realizing that the coronavirus is just one reflection of refinement that's coming our way. One reflection of refinement. The earth has not even shown us the full reflection of refinement that's coming our way. And I talk about the blackout. If you have not read Spirit Hacking, I suggest you get my book because I wrote it not in the intention of making money or becoming famous from this book. That means nothing that's off the table. It's about you getting ready for what's coming. About realizing that you're in a blackout and this blackout goes for a while. So you need to write it. And that's what I'm here to do is strengthen you to help you understand that you are here to thrive and survive. 
okay? Survive and thrive. Thrive and survive. This is what you're here to do. Thrive and survive. Survive and thrive. You are not here to be a victim. You are not here to constantly tell yourself horrible things about yourself. You are not here to do any of those things anymore. You are here to appreciate life and love. We have to course correct. We can't keep supporting industries that kill animals without knowing how they're doing it. I'm not saying that you have to stop eating meat because I'm not here to tell you what to do. But what I'm here to say to you is this, that if you don't know how the people who are, you are getting your, your animal flesh from are bringing it to you and the way they treat those animals and the conditions those animals are in and you don't know, then don't eat it. Because all of the sicknesses on our planet has come from the abuse we have done to the earth and to animals. What wake-up call do we need? Coronavirus is just a small wake-up call to the bigger ones that are coming if we don't course correct. And you have the power. And I don't need to keep telling you you have the power because it's time for you to believe it. It's time for you to believe that you have the power. So I encourage you to pick up the phone and tell the people you love, you love them. Pick up the phone and tell the people who you've hurt or you think you may have hurt or whatever it is that you're taking responsibility and that you love them and that you're growing and you made mistakes because this is not a time right now to hold grudges on people and if you're upset with someone this is the time to say i love you this thing affected me let's move on from it there's bigger things that are important such as life and love and that's all i'm going to focus on because this is the course correction time right now on the planet my darlings i bet you none of none of you seen this coming and some of you probably have but there's more And so please, 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 when I say, listen to what I'm telling you, go inside and take this time to look at everything from a place of love and look at this as a refinement. Coronavirus is a refinement for global humanity so that we can course correct ourselves in the way we've been treating our natural resources the animal kingdom, and each other. I love you. You will be victorious. You were born for it. You were born for victory. I love you so much. You can follow me at Shaman Durek, and you can check me out at shamandurek.com. Sign up on my newsletter. I have amazing things I'm going to be doing to help people through this time amazing videos, daily videos on Instagram, things I'm going to be putting up on, um, on uh, what's it called, Apple TV, all types of amazing things that I'm doing with a beautiful team that is supporting me, such as my friend Ken Speakman and so many wonderful people, including my team who I love so much. And uh, we have beautiful chants that are going to be coming out to support you in your evolution, to clearing energies. We've got beautiful meditations that are going to be coming out on shamanderek.com at the Shaman School. Great things, my darlings. 
to support you through this time, to strengthen your chariot of support and help you move through this with ease and grace. Because you were born for victory and victorious you are. Love you. Hey Tribe, we're gonna take a short break to hear from one of our amazing sponsors who is Lit Verified. Hey Tribe, so I am very excited to share um, about this amazing product. The company is called Ned. And and I, I, you know, I know a lot of people are always wondering, like, okay, when I'm sharing lit verified, you know, products. But this product is something very special because, you know, I've been recently getting into CBD, really understanding it and like really doing a lot of research about it. And because of the fact, as you know, I'm about bringing science and spirituality together as I am, a, um, you know, a regular on the TV show, The Doctors and talking a lot about things that are here to help people and make changes in people's lives. I really believe in the ethicalness of this company because... You know, not only because of the fact that they, you know, show all of their research and everything that they're doing and like really open about letting you know where their things are coming from in their company, which is nice because it, it feels safe when you when a company is so open like that. But also the fact that. You know, all of Ned's products are made organic and whole and come from natural ingredients, which is really important, especially when it's dealing with our tribe, because we want things that are natural and we want something that's good for our body, that's cohesive with our body, and that is connecting with us. On top of that, you know, I really love the idea that Ned only sources its products from local farms and communities, which is supporting the local farmers and communities. And that's something about really building on our planet that we have to do more of instead of like going to another country in another place and not really knowing what what we're getting. And I really believe in that. And, and not only that, but on top of that, Ned energetically infuses all of its products with binarial beats, positive affirmations, and happy vibes. Now, I mean, come on, can you, can you, can you get any better than that? If you want to check out Ned and try CBD, we have a special offer for the Ancient Wisdom Today audience. Go to www.helloned.com. Or enter AW Tribe and check out for 25% off your first order plus free shipping. Uh, that's H E L L O N E D dot com slash AW Tribe to get 15% off your first order plus free shipping. Thank you, Ned. Hey, Tribe. So the Tribe wants to hear from you. And I know a lot of you are talented out there in music and poetry and recipes and ideas and just, you know, things that you want to share with the Tribe. You can send that information to info at shamandurek.com and share your gifts with the Tribe. Love you all and stay lit. Hi, Tribe. We have an amazing poem today written by Angela Kul. You can find her on Instagram at essence, that's E-S-S-E-N-C-E dot wellness, W-E-L-L-N-E-S-S. And show her some love, tribe. Enjoy. The love around. Though we appear to suspend in space, we, earthlings, in this life, our soul deeply held, breathing in, breathing out, sinking further into gravity's support, brooding and anchoring as we rise, reaching 
toes in sand. I look up. Seas hugging skies. Clouds passing. Even they need a place to land. When rains pour, soil says, "I got you." And new lives grow. Then sun comes, drying up tears. And new moons say, "You can't see me. Look at the river. Eyes closed, I feel into the tide. A breeze touches my cheek. Air." Whispering, I'm your first and last on this ride. A beautiful ride this is, being alive. As sun descends west, he says, "Moon, you shine." I look up, sparkles in the sky, smiling. Those who came, those who come, the love around us, now. Hey tribe, we're gonna take a short break to hear from one of our amazing sponsors, who is Lit Verified. Hey tribe, do you want to learn shamanism? I want you to learn shamanism because I think it's something that you need to have in your life. Shamanism is not about religion; it's about Relationship, relationship to your food, to your body, to yourself, to your community, to your ancestors. Not to mention, it gives you a lot of really cool, powerful tools and hacks that you can shift your life and lift your life in ways that you never imagined. I mean, get rid of the obstacles. So, if you want to learn shamanism, I have so much to share with you. Come check it out at theshamanschool.com. That's www.theshamanschool.com. I'm waiting for you, and I'm excited. Let's be our best self. Bye. All right, tribe. Time to hear from our special guest. Hey, tribe. I am super happy than you can imagine because I have the powerful, amazing goddess queen, boss lady Alexandra Roxo in studio with me, and I'm just so happy to have her because she has a new book that's coming out. Can you tell us the name of that book? Oh、uh, yes, I can. <laughs> It's called "Fuck Like a Goddess: Heal Yourself, Reclaim Your Voice, Stand in Your Power." That right there says everything. I don't even know if we need to go any further than that.、That's、yeah, let's cancel the podcast. <laughs> 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 That's the message right there. But、uh, no, it's really great to have you back, and I'm just honored to you know to just be able to share your knowledge and, and your wisdom with the tribe. So、mm, thank you. It's great to be back. I loved our podcast before, and I got so much amazing feedback from people saying that they were super nourished by our conversation. So I hope today we'll take that. Even further, yeah. And for those of you who have not got a chance to listen to the first time that Alexandra was with us, scroll back 
and get to that podcast where she's on because it was an amazing share. So I just want to start off, where, where, what have you been doing in your life, my love? Okay, so since I saw you last, I've written a book. And I got to tell you, that is a whole shamanic experience in itself. <laughs> tell me about it. Was it was like sitting and facing all of the life lessons and trying to articulate them in a way that could potentially help other people. That was a moment. Like I had to like go in deep and stay focused. And there was a lot of feelings and things that came up during that time. So some of my friends that wrote books were like, hey, you're going to be in it. And I was like, no, 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 I'm good. I'm going to keep like, you know, dancing, playing, doing all, all sorts of things. And I did, you know, like I kept seeing clients during that time. I'm a transformational coach and I do embodiment work and energy work with people too. But I was in the zone. I was like in the birth, like in the gestation. Mm -hmm. And it was like, okay, we're going to dive into a dark cavern today as we share this story in the book. Um, so, but it's been amazing. And it, it, I'm, I'm done with that part of the process. Right. So now I do have to do the birthing process, which I imagine is its own cup of tea, but it feels more celebratory. So, I mean, basically the book is all the lessons that I've been dealing with and I've been dealt this life that the wounds that I've turned into my gifts and really the process that that's been and wanting to help other people by sharing my stories and the ways that I was able to move through fear and disordered eating and shame around my sexuality and sexual assault trauma and childhood stuff and being afraid to be seen, afraid to speak up, afraid to take a stand. And so all of that kind of stuff, which is collective wounds too, right? It's like most people have some of that to some degree. Um, that I, th I was like, okay, this is the shit that I've got this life to turn into gold, you know? Right. And, and that alchemical transformational process, I believe is, is our spiritual path is how we can take those, those things that seem really scary or dark or like we can never get through them and just go, oh yeah, fuck yeah. Like, uh, oh, you dealt me that? Oh, let's dance. Like, let me turn that thing that seems super shitty into something beautiful. Yeah, it's really important. You know, I find it's very interesting because um, no matter, you can be the most wisest man and be the most like, you know, prolific man in understanding of like, you know, women trauma, women abuse and like, you know, sexual shaming and all that stuff that women have gone through, but you'll never really understand what women have gone through, you know, and it, it, it really is um, a, a very difficult, different, I would say different situation in the sense that you know, for men on the planet, you know, there has not been this level of torment at that at that level that women have gone through that is not just both um, personal, but it's also impersonal and it's happening on both inner and outer levels yeah. that it's so much healing that 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 is that is happening there, you yeah. know? Yeah. And so like something like, you know, what you're talking about and you know, in your book and you coming out with this book is so necessary for 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 the rise of that energy on a stronger level because I think we're just at the bottom right now kind of like oh, yeah. you know still oh, kind of yeah. looking around and going like oh yeah that happened too and like this is this there's this undercurrent of this happening that women have gone through and and and, and even for myself like the more and more in my relationship I find 
looking at my own triggers and taking responsibility for them instead of blaming my girlfriend for like why I'm pissed off or why I'm upset or why something is getting on my nerves, it takes me even deeper into the, old, the aspect of when men didn't look at their triggers and mm. the men who aren't looking at their triggers and how much um, of that projected abuse they're putting on to their mate and to their queen who's actually just there to help them better themselves. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Exactly. That what you said, the projected abuse. I mean, that's what I experienced through my father because he was in pain because he was, and I'm just going to say trigger warning to anybody. I'm going to speak about some sexual assault. I'm not going to be explicit, but just, just that warning for you. But my father was sexually abused by priests in the Catholic church and boarding school for many years as a child. And he he approved and, and said it was okay for me to share that story in my book and my mother as well. So um, her story is a little bit different, but very similar. So um, because he was in so much pain and he was born in 1941. So, you know, in Brazil. So it was like, you're not allowed to have feelings. You got to be a macho man. Yeah, of course. And so then the, that level of pain in his system meant that he inflicted it on me in ways you know and it was a 30-year struggle for me and him um and the belief that I wasn't good enough and that I was fat and that I was you know just like all these crazy things (laughs) um and the the repeated kind of uh abusive tendencies were things that took me a lot of years to work through and that then kind of blossomed out in other ways and i think that a lot of us were raised by parents who maybe didn't know how to process abuse not just my dad so many people have gone through situations and maybe coming out of the 50s or whatever like they they didn't know how to process their feelings or talk about things. And so there is a chance that there's a generation of not only women, but men who um, are now alchemizing that and saying, okay, I'm the first one in my family that's going to stand up and share my story, feel my feelings, cry, scream, say, this is not okay. I'm the first one in all the generations, right? Like that's huge. And I think that that's what we're leading people towards is going, hey, don't stay quiet. Speak up. Share. We need you. We need you whole. We need you alive. We need you well. So all that shit you're carrying around is starting to stink. <laughs> like let's let's uh let's get that alchemy process going. Absolutely. You know, I was just talking to someone today, and I was talking to this woman. We were in session, and I said to her, you know, she's talking about relationships and stuff, and I said, look, I'm gonna be straight up with you. Is the man that you're interested in is he your king, or is he still a little boy? Mm-hmm. You know, and I utilize that that consciousness a lot because I know for myself that when I dated other girls and even in my other relationships that I've had with men, I've always dated little boys and I've dated little girls. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and then I was always like looking at that and realizing why I was getting so much trauma from that. And it was the trauma of me wanting them to be at a level where they were taking responsibility for their emotions and the way that they were operating and so forth that I was willing to put up with the abuse that they were distributing, Mm. you know, and I was, and through that abuse, I was actually really just abusing myself, right? Because at the end of the day, like, I remember um, I said something to a person which was, you know, when I was growing up, I dealt with like racism and then I realized that the true racist was me. 
And it was like me realizing that the issues that I was dealing with that was actually me being racist to myself, trying to like change the color of my skin or be unhappy with who I mm. am. Right. And so it's like when I see men, you know, doing that to women, it's because they have that same thing inside yes. of them that yes. they're doing to their own feminine self or just yes. to themselves masculine wise, you mm -hmm. know. And so it's that, it's, that, it's that kind of switch of consciousness of realizing, oh, wait a second, this situation is happening in my life or these situations happen in my life, not for me to hide and stuff away, but also to be able to say like, you know, like for myself, like with my girlfriend, you know, I learned so much from her and, you know, and she has, the cool thing is I have called in my queen and she mm -hmm. has arrived. And what I love about my queen is that, I can still be the king and I can still be the little boy, but, but still be the king. So I can say to her, I need to cry right now. I need to scream right now. I need, I need to fall apart and be the weakest you could ever imagine. And I just need to do that in your arms. And if yeah. you're okay with that, can I just, you know, be in that space with you? And she's just like, yes. And also when she gives me instruction and calls me on my bullshit or my exaggerations or anything that I'm doing, <laughs> if I'm saying something in public that isn't correct, she'll say, honey, the story wasn't quite like that. It was like this. Don't you remember? Ooh, that's a good queen you got there. Right? Instead <laughs> of being like, you're wrong, you're this you're that you know she's like hey you know that's not how the story quite went mm. uh it went like this did you remember did you forget and i'm like oh yeah i forgot so she's not embarrassing me in public yeah. but she's holding me up but at the same time she's giving me instruction and saying hey you know what you're my man but i'm in your life to show you where your weak spots are and i think we men oh. forget that that is the magic that's possible in sacred relating between two people. But it takes an evolved man to be open to being elevated by a queen, right? Like right. he has to be in a good spot with his ego so that he can actually see with clear vision, oh, she's actually helping elevate me and not take it personally, right? Mm, can you then say that again? You got to say that again for the men who are listening. <laughs> <laughs> So it takes you being in clear vision, clear awareness. That might take years of meditation. It might take therapy. Whatever your practices are to get clear so that when a woman arrives into your life and you, you can feel that she has the possibility to elevate you and this will come with some fear. It's a little scary because she's going to ask you to rise. Now, if you haven't cleared up your shadows or your bullshit, you're going to take things personally. You're going to go into ego. You're going to go into the little prince or the little boy who's like, I don't want to look at my stuff, you know, and I've had that happen too. And I've probably been that woman too. So it, it's just as long as you're doing the work, then eventually you'll arrive at the spot where, like Shaman said, like he doesn't take it personally. He's actually served deeply by his woman, his partner, his queen saying, correcting him, course correcting him gracefully. Like it sounds so graceful and loving. Yeah. yeah. And when she doesn't do it loving, I simply say like, I understand where you're coming from and I know that your intention is not to hurt me. Your intention is only to better me. Yep. However, there is a, this is a more gentle and more loving way that I can receive it. Yeah. And the same goes for her. Like if I say things to her, I'm not going to put her down or make her feel bad. I think that the big issue here on earth is that we have to stop calling people names and putting them down. Mm. You know, like we need to start edifying our brothers and sisters. And yep. I feel like we look so much like 
you people looking at gossip magazines and they're looking at this thing and they're looking at that thing. They're looking for things wrong. Yeah. Yeah. I was thinking about this the other day because I was at a dance class and like a woman who I know in the like sort of greater community kind of like saw me, looked at me and then looked away. And I was like, wow, that's like a microaggression, right? To like see someone but not honor them or acknowledge them. And I was thinking... Why do communities of hate have such big ripples, right? Like a, a hate community <laughs> or a hate movement, they like get together. They're like, y'all, we're all hating on the same thing. Cool, let's like go do some bad shit. But the love community, we're still giving each other dirty looks. Right. And that is why we're not uniting as one. And so these microaggressions, the gossip magazine, or like giving even your lover or your friend like a dirty look, right? Or just, you know, a microaggression, they might do something nice for you and you're like mad at them so you don't say thank you, right? That stuff divides us. And and here we are trying to be a community of conscious people that are all united under love. Well, it's obviously not quite working yet. <laughs> <laughs> because otherwise the field would be so, so elevated on this planet, right? We're still separated. Um, yeah. I mean, I think it's really important for us to, uh, to pay attention in that way so that we're, we're being conscious of those tiny moments. Like, why are you reaching for the gossip magazine or why are you walking by someone, you know, and not just honoring them and saying hello, you know? Yeah. Just acknowledging their presence. I think, I think that's so important, you know. I, I I think that when we get beyond that that place inside of us where we realize that it's not about what we have, what we're creating, it's about how we're relating, right? Yeah. yeah. And and it's the it's the relationship that governs all things. Yeah. You know, and it's interesting too because it's like when we talk about sexuality and we get into the to that topic of sexuality, you know, and, and also just the stuff that we're talking about. And I just want to make it clear to, to the tribe, like, you know, it, it, it doesn't matter if you're in a girl and girl relationship or a guy and guy relationship or a girl, girl, guy relationship or guy, guy, girl relationship or however you have it set up. Yeah. Because there's no um, there's no wrong. It's just like you live your life. It's the same thing. It's honoring the people that you've chosen to be in your life who are there to support you in growth. And if that person is just constantly popping off because they can't handle their triggers. Mm. And they're not doing the self-love that they need to in order to, you know, mature themselves in their spiritual bodies. Then you need to ask yourself, why are you in that, right? Yeah, yeah. And it's a, just a discernment of balance, right? Because in your relationship, you just said, like, you need some sharpening. You need her to 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 keep you elevating together. So there's that, right? You don't want to like say no to anyone who asks you to become a better person. Right. But you just want to be aware, well, you don't need someone to ask you to be a better person by being shitty to you. <laughs> yeah. You know, and you the only way we can learn that wisdom of discernment is by knowing our hearts, knowing our bodies, knowing our intuition, knowing ourselves. And that takes years of practice. That's why we do this stuff. That's why we gather, we pray, we meditate, we dance, we write, we do all the things. So that when the moment moments come we can know like okay do i lean into this or do i say no you know yeah exactly and we're, what, what i was saying before about the sexuality aspect is that you know we put so much emphasis on the sexuality because we are really a species that's deprived for affection and love oh my god i mean we are it's 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 ridiculous how much we have been shamed on a whole for being sexual beings when like we were just born like that like it's not a choice we're actually born biologically programmed with hormones and chemicals and genitalia to enjoy 
enjoy each other in a certain way, but because of all of the thousands of years of patriarchy and religion, the, that part of us has, is like buried under so many layers of misbeliefs and pain and suffering and shame. And it's, we're the ones some of the first generations kind of, I mean, obviously in the seventies, there were different iterations of it, but to say like, this is not okay. I'm actually like, I stop shaming me for my body. Like I'm allowed to have juicy thighs or I'm allowed to have sex with men, women, or non-binary people. I'm allowed to do what I want. Like stop right to the institutions and the structures and we're still really in the heat of it mm. you know like uh, the barometer I, I was kind of laughing to myself the other day I'm like I, I can't sit at most dinner parties of conscious folk and talk about sex like most people that's a no-go right like that's not high vibe for people but that means that people are still seeing that as like a shame spot, right? It's like we can't, we need to integrate our spirituality and our sexuality. And that's really what my life has been about for better or worse. It's like, I can't go too high holy and I can't go too low dirty. There's got to be like an integration <laughs> space. And, and, and I've done both. Like I've meditated in caves with monks and I've also like worked at a strip club and gotten to know the women there because I have been really fascinated with like, when did it get split off for humankind? So, like we were not allowed to be beings that are sensual in our bodies, which is okay in some small traditions spiritually, but in the West, post-Puritanism and Christianity, it's just like still completely like a buttoned up thing. I mean, nowadays more people are talking in certain ways, but if you look at the statistics with like porn and like labioplasty and all this stuff, it's clear that there's still something vastly out of balance, even sex trafficking. You look at these statistics billions of dollars and tons of illegal things are happening still in the realm of sex. So it's still a shadow zone for humans. Absolutely. And, I, and that shadow zone exists only because of the repression yeah. and that people are denial. feeling in denial. You know, and, you know, when I lived in um, Amsterdam, I used to have a lot of friends who worked in the red light district, you know, and I would meet them sometimes after they got off work and we'd talk and share and stuff. And what I loved about it, and a lot of my friends like, I can't believe you have friends who are like in the porn industry and who are in the red light district and who are like, you know, been married to Hugh Hefner and all these different, you know, <laughs> friends of mine and to this day, you know, and I even have friends of mine who are like huge porn stars who I helped realized that that wasn't their path and now they're nurses and yeah. now you know and one of my friends used to be a stripper and now she's a doctor yeah you know and um and she was actually she couldn't pay for school so she paid for her school by being a stripper yeah which is what she did you know worked in the sex industry and it paid for her to go to college to become a doctor and now she's a doctor you know yeah. and it's like the thing is what i used to love hanging out with my girlfriends in the red light district is talking to them because you know, some people will think, oh, these people are evil and they're this and that because people will attach all types of ideas onto something that they don't understand. Yes, yes. Mm -hmm. and, 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 and what it was was like me spending time with her. It was like, hey, do you need me to watch your son, you know, or do you need – what do you need from me? And we would talk and laugh and, you know, and it was – excuse me. 
And it was uh, her going through expressing to me how she was experiencing like these guys and what they were like and the different energies. And she was learning so much just by having these different men and experiencing them. And, 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 I, and she loved the fact that even though I'm a shaman, I wasn't judging her. Yes. I yeah, was yeah. helping her process and mm-hmm. understand like what is going on. And same with my friends who were, you know, my male and my female friends who were in the porn industry, you know. I was helping them process like one of my friends who was a huge time in the porn industry ended up going off with, you know, all the different sultans and was making like tons and tons of money and then came to me one day and was like, um, I want to become more spiritual. And now she turned her whole life into teaching couples how to have a better sex life. And she became started a whole company, which is all about connection and relationship and mm. love. And how do you create real intimacy versus fake intimacy? And she learned all of that through her experiences and then brought that into something that was much more deeply profound for her. Yes, yeah. But I think that we create so much stigmatism around it. Yeah. You know that when you mention anything, it's like the hairs of people's neck go up. You know, I like know. they're like, what, what? What are you talking about? I know. And I didn't find that like in the queer community because I've identified as a bisexual or queer since I was like 12. And when I was in relationships with a few different ex-girlfriends, we were allowed to talk about sex at dinner parties. Like people were just talking about sex. There was like no shame. No one was shaming the other people at the dinner table i mean i remember one dinner party where like you know we were talking about how to squirt for like an hour and it wasn't a it wasn't people weren't disgusted they weren't like "Ah, what um and i just found that in the queer community it wasn't it was okay it wasn't taboo because i think there were enough other loop uh hurdles to to get through that by the time you've gotten through those hurdles you're like i fucking earned talking about sex i'm not going to be ashamed now because i already had to de-shame around coming out right absolutely so that process of de-shaming then talking about like how to have different types of orgasms becomes kind of child's play it's like really that's a big deal. And I know it's a big deal to some people, but I'm just saying from that that standpoint of Absolutely. how I saw it in that community. But then walking, then from that, I, I was like, okay, n- you know, I'm now somehow attracted to straight men again. Okay, cool. So then I like found myself at dinner parties with a bunch of straight people and I'm like, cool. Wow. They never talk about sex. <laughs> and I remember being in a car. I think I wrote this story in my book and I was in a car with some, some girlfriends. So I'm like, white women and, and straight women and, and I, I I started telling this story of this like transcendental orgasm I had had where I like felt like it touched God and it was intense and there was some pain playing and da 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 and the women were like like they were their faces and they were just like no we don't go there and I was like I felt so ashamed in that car it was like a long car ride I was like, oh my God, I'm a despicable human because I must be completely fucked up if I'm not allowed to share this. And so then you just start not sharing it. You're like, okay, I, I can't, there's, and it's not that you should talk about sex or your even transcendental tantric sexual experiences with everybody. That's not what I'm saying, but we need safe people, our best friends or close people in our lives where we can, we can share just as much as we share our spiritual paths, which we're sharing all day on Instagram, right? That we can share our embodied paths, our sensual paths, our sexual paths, and how those two things actually move together as one. Yeah. We're uh, not there yet, but. (laughs) No, I, I, I completely understand exactly what you're saying. I mean, I, 
I'm, you know, I don't identify myself as bisexual, but I call myself soul sexual. Ooh, I like that. Yeah. And the reason why I don't identify bisexual is just because of the fact that I know it was created by the matrix as a, as a, as a tagline. And so soul sexual, I created as an understanding of the fact that I'm a soul and I connect with whatever energy is showing up that is, is, that is more in harmony and so forth. But just like, you know, you go in once and then you're like, oh, I like men. And so that's how I am with my girlfriend. You know, it's like, yeah. oh, yeah, I, I want to be with a woman now. And this is yeah. who I want to be with. And this is who I want to spend my life with. And it's yeah. okay. Yeah. You know, but the thing is, is that when you get to this, there's this point, because a lot of times, like, even people I've been with in, the, in past relationships, they had a hard time because when I left those relationships, and they're like, oh, you left me for a woman, you know? And it was like, no, I left you because of our relationship. It right. had nothing to do with a woman. But a lot of times people have a hard time, you know, with those lines. Yeah. Because they try to put you in a box and yeah. they need you to be in that box. And so when you come out of that box, they don't understand how you got out of that box and why you're leaving that box. And then they want to kind of say, well, this Find is Find a this. new box for yeah, you. Yeah, <laughs> like, let me put you in this box, you know? Yeah. Like, even in my past relationships, I've had situations where I've been with men who are like, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm ready to be with a woman and have kids now. And I'm like, that's fantastic, you know? And then I've been with men who are just like, uh, no, you're gay, you're gay, you're gay, you're gay. And they kept trying to hammer that on me. And I was like, dude, from the day I met you, I told you I was attracted to women. And I, that's never going to change. It's yeah. not like you're going to weed it out of me, you yeah. know? And what I feel is, is that people get so uncomfortable with their own sexuality that they feel like they have to press upon you to choose something that they can feel comfortable with because by you being so fluid... It's out of control for them. It's out of control for them. They can't control you. They don't know what to do. <laughs> they don't know they don't know who's who's here and who's gone and what's coming I in. I know. And I think we both have that shapeshifter kind of vibe where well, it's like to be where met where we represent this the shamanic world. Yeah. And it's like I, I don't I, I don't like the word bisexual either. I think it's kind of a nineties word, <laughs> to be frankly <laughs> honest. But I like soul sexual and I, I I explain this to my father who, you know, my father is this Brazilian Republican who get, went through all this trauma, came to the US. 18 years old immigrant like worked his way really the American dream and I was I was terrified that when I told him I had a girlfriend that he would completely say I'm never speaking to you again I was terrified and so I thought like well what's the best thing to do to be ashamed and not tell my father that I am in love with a woman that I'm in a relationship with a woman or to compl maybe be written out of his life forever and he actually had written out his sisters from his life over a fight it's like some Godfather stuff, you know, yeah. the Don Corleone. Um, so I was like, well, he's done it already to his sister. Like, what? who's to say he won't do it to his daughter? But one day he asked me, he said, are you a lesbian? And I said, Poppy, you know, I don't identify as like gay, straight, bi. I just fall in love with people's hearts and their souls. And, you know, right now I, I am in love with someone who is who is in a female body um that person was like butch head shaved like mixed race covered in tattoos my father didn't like that when i mentioned that part i thought you know well let's not push it <laughs> <laughs> but um that was a miracle for me that he was able to 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 experience that or meet me there on that bridge you know and just be accepting of that for me um and and uh, without having to put a label on it but then when i did start dating men again he was like let's bring out the dom perignon i'm so happy <laughs> i was just like you know you can't change people <laughs> no you just have to let them be i mean my father had my dad was a very interesting because my dad was very like, you know, just very strong man, believe that men are men. If I showed emotions, he's like, let's go outside and like, let's, let's, let's box that out. Like, you know, like let's, he, his whole thing was 
to show no sign of feminine energy. And I think I was a challenge for my dad because I did have this feminine side that he picked up on, but even though I was playing sports and like still being the guy, so I learned to bury my emotions of emo- uh, that I, I was that I should have been feeling at the time that I wasn't allowed to feel by punching holes in walls and wow. you know kicking things and breaking things and um and then finally, you know, I I had girlfriends who came in one girl particularly um, who really changed my life, uh, Swan. And she literally came in and was like, this is who you are. I love you for who you are. Like, don't change who you are. Let, let these emotions come out. And I never cried in my life, you mm. know? And for me to cry and feel that and then have this amazing woman holding that space for me, you know, and realize that a lot of my issues with girls in the past has always been like, you know, my mom left when I was young. My stepmom was abusive. So my only understanding of women has always been pain, abuse, pain, abuse, pain, abuse. Mm. And then I choose a girlfriend who's very heavy into S&M, you know, so there was that aspect that I was enjoying. But then she also helped me deal with these emotions, these deep, deep emotions. And she helped me look at the parts of myself that I was burying and hiding and locking up and and being shameful about. Mm. And she helped me bring them out. And I'll never forget the day she told my dad, we were uh, at a dinner table. My dad is very much about the etiquette of dinner and the dining room and sitting up straight and like on the Mm -hmm. table. And she goes, uh, she goes like this to my dad. She goes, my dad's name is David. She goes, David, can you pass the peas? Oh, by the way, your son um, is gay, (laughs) you know? And even though she wasn't, we didn't have a word for it at that time, but she was okay with it. My dad just was like, what? And she's like, yeah, you know, Derek um, has attraction towards men. He goes, what? And, but I don't understand, like, he's with you, you know? And she goes, yeah, that's okay, you know? And then he just, like, completely changed the conversation and started talking about Wimbledon and how he's getting ready to go to Wimbledon in London, how he's excited about his trip, and, like, no other conversation came up whatsoever. And it's interesting because finally when I, you know, my dad finally did have that conversation with me, he saw it as a weakness, you know, he saw it as a weakness. And what it did for me is it brought in this, this, this understanding that this feminine aspect on earth portrayed by the matrix and the patriotic system is seen as a weakness. And so men were, and so I started doing my research and I started researching and realizing that men were put to death if they showed any sign of feminine weakness in the in, in, in times past. Yeah. And so men started developing more and more ways to show that they were men against men. Mm-hmm. And it became this pissing contest of men proving that they're real men and not showing any sign of this weakness of having a feminine, emotional, I need to cry, I have emotions happening, I'm in love with this girl and I can't, I'm, and I'm gonna cry right now. That wasn't tolerated. Yeah. And so it's interesting where we are today in our paradigm because men are still coming out of this space of how do I allow myself to have emotions when I've been taught, you know, through bloodlines that this is considered a weak spot and that women are the bearer of my weakness. Ooh, wow. That, repeat that, excuse me. (laughs) Women are the bearer of my weakness. Fuck. My my sincere love and condolences to anyone else who resonates with that. I'm with you. We took this on together as a team and that's it. That's it. We've we've held it. 
you know, by people saying we're not pretty enough, we're not good enough, we're too much, we're uh, not thin enough, our body is weird, we got to change our body here, we got to straighten this, like we can't have a period, we better hide that, like all of it, right? It's like, because that's all weakness and wildness and things that that couldn't be controlled. And um, all of that is like, it's scary. You're a harlot. Yeah. Uh, what was the thing they used to put the, the letter on? The you? red letter, the, red the A. Than, yeah. Yeah, right. My, my graphic designer was like, let's use that as inspiration for your website. <laughs> the scarlet the scarlet letter. I'm like, yeah. Because, I mean, I was slut shamed from a very young age before I had even touched a penis or anything. Like, girls at school in fucking Christian Bible Belt, Georgia, in my church group would be like, you're a slut. You're a whore. And I'd be like, I don't understand what you're talking about. I'm 12. But it's because probably from my previous incarnations, et cetera, I just had a magnetism about me and I had a confidence about me. And to them, a woman who's in her power, beautiful and radiant equals whore. Ooh, you got to say that again because that is, that is the issue that a lot of women have about being in their power yeah. because it exists both in men and in women. You got to say that again. Yeah. Women who are strong, radiant, powerful, and I'm going to add also who claim their sexual desires are labeled as sluts, as whores, as bad girls, as not okay. Yeah. Not okay. And this has, this you can go back and watch movies where, you know, I was watching like a, a Bridget Bardot um, film and it's like the trailer is like, like God and God created women, but then he created Bridget Bardot and she's the devil. Look at her dance. Look at how she ruins men's lives. Look at her body. She's tempting people left and right. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> oh my gosh. I'm you guys so can alive. I'm so alive. <laughs> you guys can Google that later. Bridget Bardot and God created woman. Um, and it's hilarious because that is the trope. That is the, the, the stereotype that's been perpetuated for probably thousands of years. It's like a woman in her power, radiant, claiming herself, claiming her desires, claiming her voice is bad, you know? Right. And she should be killed a lot of the times in the past or she should be raped. It was something that was put into men's um, heads, either consciously or subconsciously, depending on the culture. Yeah, well, even in the story of Adam and Eve and the uh, you know, adaptation of the story of the Garden of Eden, like women were the ones who tempted Adam to, to yes, sin. Yes, exactly. Probably, right? It probably all started there. Right, but the whole thing is, and which is what interesting enough that people have failed to look at, which I find very fascinating, which I used to always ask my grandfather, who became very religious after walking away from our Yoruban culture, uh, is the context of, you know, grandpa, if women are the sinners that you say they are, these, these women who are, you know, uh, tempting men into sin, then why were they given the ability to bring life to earth? Yes. Why wasn't men? Bringing a life through your body and holding, and holding that space for a life to form inside of you and you being a vessel to be able to hold that space requires a great deal of, of spiritual, I mean, you know. Yeah, you're a basically a doorway to God. Uh, exactly. There's a doorway to God realm in your pussy. Exactly. In your womb. Right. So if that's the case, then why why isn't it men? If men were the ones who are like, the, the, the chosen, the holier, the ones. holier ones, right? right, right. And so that kind of, and he couldn't answer the question. And I said, because if there's, because, you know, even in, when I was working in a lot of these uh, Muslim countries, right, and giving my loving service and my, my focused intention to them, 
what I found very fascinating is that these Muslim men would be very controlling in their behaviors. And then the moment I would draw to their attention, like a lot of my Muslim friends, I'd be like, dude, I, I get your whole thing. I get it. I, how you were raised and now you're following what your dad did, which is like put your foot up on the table, wait for your woman to bring you tea and like make love to her when you want to make love to her, but like treat her more like she's more your house servant and stuff like that. It's not cool because she's the cornerstone of this house. Like your kids and her, like if she was to walk tomorrow, what would you do? Yeah, what would you have? What would you have? No one to make your tea, give you Nothing. a blowjob. Nothing. Iron your underwear. <laughs> you know, whatever. And so I had to, that's when I realized, wow, I need to stay in Turkey. I need to stay in these countries and really support women to recognize that they have all this power and don't take it for granted that yeah. you have this power. Yeah, and I think that, you know, it's not about then women becoming more empowered and like, no, we have the bigger dicks. No, 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 no. It's about, you know, uh, uh, it's about like a, an e a equal space and not equal in the fact that like, oh, we depolarize and we're just super neutral. No, no. but it's an honoring and it's just a huge healing that has to happen because if you look statistically until there are not like, you know, millions of, of, of children raped, abused, um, sex trafficked, etc. Like we know we're still out of balance and women are children and women and children and people of color and indigenous peoples, anybody that's other, right, then is still in that space of shadow and abuse, then we still have like a lot of work to do there. Um, or a lot of love to do. Yeah, a lot of love to do. And, you know, that's the place where, say, in 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 the masculine, which could be in a, a male body person or whatever, it doesn't necessarily have to be that, that it's like these amazing men's groups that are popping up around the world. Like there's this group, every man and the mankind project. And there's the sacred sons. There's all these people who are saying, Hey man, let's get together. Let's share. Let's tell our stories. Um, let's cry. Let's scream. Let's wrestle. Let's express. And I have so much honor for those groups that of men that are, are taking that step, even though it might look embarrassing or, um, you know, not as cool or whatever, but to say, Oh wait, let's do our part too. I think it's awesome. I think it's awesome, uh, but I am going to throw a thing in there. I have been noticing some of these groups, yeah. and I've been I've been spying on them. <laughs> I'm, I'm like a little spy, you know. <laughs> and uh, I have to say, still, there. It's great if you want to wrestle. It's great if you learned how to be kind to another man, and that you're like, okay, my girlfriend, like you know, I I should listen to her more. But that's not the issue. The issue comes in is can you take instruction for the betterment of yourself, mm. right? Because I see these men's groups, I spy on them. I have friends who are in those groups, and they tell me this is what I learned today, and I'm like, uh huh. <laughs> well, I've never been to one, so I don't. Uh, know. I'm like, yeah, I'm just that sounds off Instagram. That sounds like yeah, that sounds like. Like men being men and saying that this is a men's group. Mm. I see them pounding on their chest and doing yoga and doing all these <laughs> different things, you know, which is great. And I really appreciate them taking the initiative. But the real initiative is when they can go into a men's group with a woman teaching them. Mm. 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 Yeah, I, maybe we're not there yet. I think it's a step, you know. I do think it's a step, but I still think that if you if a man can't handle his triggers yeah and a man still needs to get mad at the woman because he feels he has to get mad or he has to um say mean things or say horrible things i don't care what kind of man's group you're in 
Yeah. That that's the first thing you need to learn yeah. is to 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 Yeah, step that's into like that. walking the walk, right? So anybody can go to a class or a group, etc. But what really really matters is how you're treating people in the world and how you're treating the people around you, be them people of color or women or, you know, anyone who's not just like you. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Because I see people go to workshops and take groups and then they'll come and say, oh, I have all this newfound peace and love and da 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 And then they'll come across someone who's not in their social group and then judge them. Yeah. Or treat them like or shitty. Or treat them like, like shit. Like a waiter or like a, a service provider. Or know? an Uber yeah. driver or oh, whatever. Yeah. That, mm-mm. I think it's, I think, I think it's the, it's, I think it's the, the understanding that it's evolving into kindness. Yeah. In an authentic way. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, we're working on it as a group, as a collective, but we definitely have a lot, a lot more to, a lot more to go, a lot more to do. I hope a lot of men read my book, to be honest, you know, because I think a lot for female spiritual teachers or leaders, it's like, oh, you're only for women. Men actually don't want to look up to a woman, straight men. I've been told that before. I thought that was interesting. And I'm like, well, you know, even though my book says fuck like a goddess, men can fuck like a goddess too. Have you seen all of the sort of emanations of nature? Oh my God. The doors <laughs> just open. Right. As I Look at that. The oh wind blows God. open the doors oh my in my house. <laughs> and I was the- literally thinking I was just like all the emanations of the goddess. And I turned to go like this storm. Like yeah. that was literally I was about to go like this storm that's happening outside. You guys, the, the doors literally blew open. <laughs> the doors blew open. Like both of them. Yeah. Out of nowhere. But that, that's a sign right yeah, there. Yeah. That means she's listening. Divine Mother is listening. And... um. And that the doors are opening. Yeah, the doors are opening. That's beautiful. Thank, That's a sign thank right you, there. Spirits. I do believe there's a lot more men who are, because I know there's a lot of men who, who are here, <laughs> tribal members, and they do listen, and they do take seriously what they hear yeah. you know, in these podcasts um, and these shares. Yeah, re- I th- read my book, yeah. But I think I think I think men should read your book absolutely because I think also knowing what women because that's another thing too which I was talking about recently to a friend of mine um, in Italy was about you know I didn't really start to understand how to be supporter to women until I shut up mm. my, and stopped talking and started listening to women yeah and hearing what they have to say without trying to like be like but but what and try to throw my like my mm. my, my I think I know better on mm. top of it you mm. know and I do and with my girlfriend too like she'll say something to me and she'll be like just just shut up for a second mm. you know and she's not doing it to be mean to me so I take it mm. and then I'm like okay babe and then she's like let me explain something to you and yeah. she explains it to me and she shares it with me and I'm like yeah you're absolutely right yeah. you're absolutely right that's huge that's so huge that means that you've done enough work on yourself so that you're not an ego trying to prove yourself. That's like the most basic, right? That's like the unevolved part of ourself. That's like, wait, but I got to prove myself and I need to be validated. But once you're like in the love and in your power, you don't need to prove yourself every five minutes, you know? Absolutely. Um, so what I wanted to ask you is, can we actually integrate healthy, wild, fun, kinky sexuality into healing magic and transformation? And how do we do that? I absolutely think we actually have to for the betterment of ourselves, our community, and the earth. I honestly feel like we've just gotten really out of whack, right? And we see that with like statistics about disease, climate change, etc. And all of that is stuff that's like roots. It's our roots as humans. It's our physical bodies. It's our physical reality. So I on, I just think that it's missing from the wellness conversation so much is like, where does our sexuality, where our sexual desires fit in? And can we actually, 
you know, we can say that we're not afraid of the shadows, but if you look at the highest tantric traditions in Buddhism, in Kashmiri Shaivism, the shadow is right here. We're not afraid of it. It's always like you walked on the street on a sunny day. Where's your shadow? It's attached to you. <laughs> like it's not going anywhere. But if we pretend, oh, we don't have a, a shadow, right? Like we don't have any kind of weird parts of ourselves or, you know, kind of slightly socially unacceptable parts. Like I'm just going to pretend they don't exist. They get bigger. So in the realm of sex, what's been incredibly healing for me is to be in sexual relationships or pe with people where I can express my desires and I can go like, I am super spiritual. I pray every day. I've been praying every day since I was a kid. My mom took me to my first spiritual teacher when I was 12. We talked about angels. Like she gave me my first Lemurian crystal when I was 15. You know, like I've been in this path for a while and I can also be totally a person that loves adventurous fun sex and that finds the God, the spirit in that. Mm. And I think that that bridge, people are still afraid to walk across that bridge. They're like still on that old program of, well, if I'm a high vibe spiritual being, I can't want a spanking. Ooh, that would be bad of me. I'd be a very bad girl. <laughs> 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 Sorry, I just had to throw that in. <laughs> but, but so, and to allow us for our own desires to come through without self-shaming or self-denying is to me an incredible part of integrating all the chakras and integrating our physical body and our spiritual body. To me, when people are as unafraid to talk about m money is another thing that people are real afraid to talk about, right? At dinner, if I was like, hey, how much in your checking account? It'd be like, uh-uh, right? We don't talk about that. We don't talk about sex. We don't talk about money. <laughs> That's very interesting. Right? Yeah. Those are, they be, but they hold so much charge, so much charge in this 3D reality. So to me, making friends, like I actually meditate like with the spirit of money, you know, and like I, I'm like, I can take money and like not let it be dirty money, but let it be magic money. Right. And so mm. it's like the spirit of money and the spirit of sex, like we still have mega healing around those things. I'm, I didn't write a book about money. That's not my area. I have some friends that do that kind of work with the spirit of money. Um, but for me, this sexual piece has been, it's been just because I grew up with people that were the product of traumas around sex. I had to look at this, you know? Yeah, for sure. So our country is um, sex negative, which you know about, right? And statistics around rape, assault, trafficking, and porn are wild. And our country's views on sex stem from this very puritanical way of thinking. How do we rewrite that narrative towards something beautiful instead of being shameful and, and make it more joyful? Mm. Well, we can start in our relationships, right? One-on-one. -on -one. So if you're in a relationship with someone, in a sexual relationship with someone, you can have clear communication. So you can start by being the person that says, hey, let's sit and talk. Like before we maybe go forward sexually as a couple, like have you been through assaults or traumas? Do I want to know, right? I want to know what your triggers are because I don't want to perpetuate that. Also, what are your desires? Like this is a safe space. What are your most kinky desires? Like what are, and maybe over time that those conversations evolve. But instead of just being like, oh, here's how it goes. We date a little bit. Then one night maybe we have a little wine or we're just like watching a movie and the next thing you know, we're fucking and we haven't talked about any of this stuff. 
Well, imagine you're a woman who's been through something and you're all of a sudden having sex with a new person and they don't know that you're starting to shut down and go into a dissociated state or a state of, you know, panic attack or um, just maybe like just hating yourself and your body because you've been a person that's had body issues, etc. So imagine that instead you could stop and have a beautiful conversation with an intimate partner and say actually the good and the bad, the light and the dark about your sexual identity, your sexual experiences and enter the door. Then it's like before you go through that doorway of like transcendental, delicious, like fucking, you have already like laid some cards on the table, set some ground rules, created some clarity. And so now you're like, you're safe going into the experience together. Now, if you're harboring all those desires then they're going to come out in other ways. You're going to start drinking or snacking or, you know, watching porn on the side or all of those things. And so the repression of the truth of our desires is what, you know, creates all of that, um, all of that problem statistically. So I think starting on the ma- on the micro, just one-on-one, you and your partner actually getting clear, actually having the difficult conversations will continue, will start to stir the needle. I think that's really important because, you know, a lot of people don't talk about those things. Oh, yeah. They don't even want to ask if they've had STD tests recently. And I'm like, hello, before you, you know, like these are important conversations. We have to find our voice, right? Just like we find our voice around anything, our agency to go, you know, hey, here are my desires. Here's where I'm at with my health. Here's where I'm at with background with trauma or anything like that before we enter into this space now I can enter this space and we can blast off to to God divine angel wild alien unicorn land but if we haven't taken care of our roots then it's not going to work right and you can't really build a relationship on on faulty ground you have to build a exactly relationship on solid ground exactly I think it's important let's talk about what's possible when we stand up speak our voices live shame free love our bodies why is it essential now that we don't let guilt or shame or fear keep us small and afraid to speak up ah uh, yes it's so important so nowadays i think more than ever like i said earlier we have been the product of generations that didn't have the ability or the resources or the privilege to speak up. So many people still do not, right? So many areas of this world, people still, like a woman like me, in most countries would not be able to, not most, but in many perhaps countries, I wouldn't have the space, a book deal or a platform, etc. I believe now for those of us who have created a space, be it a big space or a small space, a platform, or we have the ability, the freedom to speak, we must speak. If not, we're withholding our hearts, we're withholding our truth, we're withholding our stories, and we're staying in denial, repression, guilt, shame, and fear. So in order for us to shift the vibration on this planet, right, and shift the story and the collective narrative, it starts with all of us speaking up. And that doesn't have to be that you write a book like I wrote a book. You could write a post. You could have a dinner party where you actually talk about real stuff instead of surface stuff. And I love, like, there's some some really great, like, kind of card games. There's one called We're Not Really Strangers that you use at a dinner party to, like, have a, a deeper conversation. Or you can put little questions in, like, a bowl and ask real questions. But, like, we're getting under the fake shit now, right? Like, we're starting to peel off the layer collectively. And we're starting to learn how to get into the heart. But that takes a lot of 
it takes courage to live from the heart because it means that we have to honor some of the stuff that's already happened on the planet that was really difficult. We can't just pretend that this stuff didn't happen. Um, and then we have to honor the things that happen in our own bodies and lived experiences. So, you know, like when I lead a retreat and I'll have like 60 women coming together and they all come up and they have like seven minutes to share their story. The stories are insane. It's like, how do all these women have such incredible stories? So my story is not better than anyone else's story. I've just have a little bit more fire in my ass, this incarnation to share so that I can empower other people to share as well. So I think it starts small, it starts in your living room. It starts at a dinner party, but it starts with you saying the truth instead of something surface and fake, right? You could just go, oh, ha, 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 everything's fine. Or you could go, this is what I'm deeply feeling right now. And this is what's happening right now. You could write a poem. You could write a post. You could start a podcast. You could write a book. You could do all that more public stuff. Or you can just have those conversations in your home and your family. You can have the conversation with your mom, with your grandma, with your dad. Hey, have you ever shared your story with anyone? Like, I don't know my grandpa's story. I don't know my great grandma's story. Like, what is the shit that's gone down in my family? Like, let's sit and talk about it. So all of that, I think, is really important nowadays. You know, it's not business as usual on planet Earth. You know, there's like big things happening. Climate change. There's, um, We're at a critical place as a species. So if we just pretend like, oh, it's fine. No, we got to sit down and like really get real. Yeah, I agree. You know, I mentioned something once. Uh, I mentioned it in my book about women when they have um, sex with men because women are absorbers they take imprints into their vagina and I got a huge amount of crap from like, like you yeah. know from from people who are like that's not possible I'm a woman that's not you know that's not possible but I'm like I've done so many case studies with women who've had trauma because they've held imprint energetic imprints in their vagina that has seeped into their energy field and has affected them what are your thoughts on that yeah well, okay, so I want to preface this by there are different beliefs from different traditions, right? So shaman, you're coming from a very shamanic tradition, right? So whoever's questioning that, like that's questioning your spiritual practice, your personal beliefs, which are your your right to have your own beliefs, right? It's not absolutes. Anything that we say is never an absolute. You get to decide for you. That's right. So, you know, in in uh, I remember Marianne Williamson once said, you have sex with someone there in your aura for seven years. I don't know where she got that from, but, I, you know, I heard it. I was like, oh. I was like, shit, I better call an aura cleaner. No, I'm just kidding. Um, and then I remember in, in tantric Buddhism, some of the teachings that I learned, Tibetan Buddhism, there was something also about like your karma intertwining. You could take on their karma. And I started going, oh my God. And so I actually wrote about this in my book as well, that when I was um, in love with a man and having sex with him and involved with him, he was going through um, a divorce at the time and he had left his child in, in another country to come to the U.S. for work. Um, and his child was really missing him. And was he was feeling extreme guilt for leaving his child abroad and uh, from his ex-wife. And I was in a plant medicine ceremony and I got access to how much guilt I was carrying. And all of a sudden, it was like a door open and I saw the kid and the wife, the ex-wife, and I saw how I was connected and linked into them. Love the thunder. Go oh ahead. my God, there's, I know. So good. <laughs> I think I'm going to be stormed in with you guys. <laughs> um, I saw that I was linked into them energetically so that by me having sex and being in love with this man, I was also now implicated in the karma and the, of his kid and his ex-wife because they were all in suffering together 
they were all in a lot of pain. And since I was having sex with him, I was now a part of that whole pain loop. And I was like, I really felt it in an ayahuasca ceremony. And I was like, oh my God, I don't know if that's for me. It was a lot. And he and I talked about it and he was like, I do not want you a part of this. It's getting, it's just so, it's getting so messy. And eventually we did break up because of it. Um, and it did take me a while to get over it in my heart. I'm not sure like in terms of like how long he was in my field, but. How did you clean that energy out of yourself? You know, I do, my energy clearings are, techniques are like nature, breath work, ocean, Epsom salt baths, prayers and rituals, cord cutting. This is the kind of stuff I've been doing for a long time. Some of it does take time and it takes emotional purging. Those are the hard ones because they, they're like sort of hooked in also in a heart place. And so it means that there's going to be some tears or anger, you know, because that's a, a part of it. There's your own story is then implicated because they've touched on something in you, your own rejection wound or whatever. And it, it, it kind of like their energy stays in deeper. Yeah. I mean, this stuff is far out. So like it's, it's intense and you get to decide for you what works for you. So it might be after you have like get out of a relationship that you just do a little burning ritual, right? And like you say your prayer or you might do the whole kit and caboodle depending on what you're dealing with, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You know, I think it's important because I feel like a lot of times people um, don't realize that we are energetic beings and we're made up of energy and energy is shared energy because energy has consciousness. And so, you know, if I'm if I'm if I'm having intimacy with someone who's an angry person, right, then eventually I'm taking absorbing that anger into my own body and I have to, you know, take those salt baths, clean that stuff out. You know, get out, go swim in the ocean and do some, you know, offerings and things to, you know, really whatever it takes to prayer, whatever it is, like you said, to clear those energies out, you know? Yeah. I actually went back because I'm kind of a freak like this. And I looked at photos of myself when I was in love with slash intimate with certain different partners. And I saw how different I looked because they were imprinted in me. And I feel it very intensely. And I feel like, you know, this is something that I'm a sensitive, open, like, being. And so when someone is entering me, often I do become part of them and they become part of me. And so you really have to ask, like, is this a person I want to become part of? And I want them to become a part of me. I mean, that's my own personal belief. Um, And it's just something that I've felt deeply in my body. And if someone hasn't done their own clean up or their own shadow work or face their own stuff and I'm the person with the higher level of consciousness then I'm going to start doing lifting for them mm-hmm. and I don't want to do that because nope. that's their job so that's a place where then you have to have the clear vision not be all goo gaga I've been there to say oh shit nope I'm not doing that you know it's it takes a lot of it takes a lot of discernment yeah I agree because you know I had a situation with uh one person this one woman who uh, was with this guy she was dating and she was having a lot of intimacy with him and he had nothing but like money issues like always things were going wrong with him when he started business he'd lose his business and it was just like one thing after another and she never had that ever in her life she was always a person who made money was successful you know like was uh you know always the type of person who was very resilient in in creating her cash flow and making what her she has what she needs and the moment she started dating this person and having intimacy with him, all of a sudden, 
all these businesses of hers started having problems well. and money issues and this and that and the other. And literally she came to me and I was like, um, spirit is telling me that there's an imbalance. You're taking in um, imprints of his energy when you're having intimacy with him. Mm. And so you, I, what I would do is like really think about like, is that the type of energy you want to bring in yeah. to your body, regardless if this person you're attracted to them or not, are you ready to make that kind of connection? Cause we don't realize that we're making these connections, you know? And I think, I think that's also important in just communication isn't just of the words. It's also with our body. It's, exactly. You know, right? And you have to be clear and know your own energy and know how to read that. Like, ooh, that doesn't feel right. Something doesn't feel right. You got to listen. And that takes years of practice, you know. And it, it, you, if you have blind spots, you have blind spots. I mean, there are peep, certain people that have walked into my field and I get a b total blind spot. It's like my dial to my intuition goes bing, like flatline. And I'm like, shit, this person is touching on something in me that now I can't see or they are a, a wizard <laughs> and they're like psyching me out here. And, um, but I get better at it, you know, so we get better at it. So it's like, if, if you have certain childhood patterns or, you know, patterns in intimacy or loving or whatever, you get better at spotting them over time. And you're like, oh darn, I'm accidentally dating the same type of person with the same issues. And then you get to learn to discern better you know, over time. Don't you teach a lot of these things at your workshops and your, I say your woke shops, sorry, not your workshops, Ooh. your woke shops. I came in with that and I got to stick to it. I love your woke that. shops. Yes, I do. Yeah. I do a lot of uh, retreats and workshops and um, specifically for women right now, but that might change to all genders next year. Let's see. Uh, right now though, I do workshops. We do a lot of embodying different feminine archetypes from your wild, your fierce, your soft, your sweet, all of it. Because there's so many parts of us that we're ashamed to actually express. So there's a lot of self-expression. I come from an acting background. A lot of embodiment and a lot of sharing and learning to speak up. Those are really key parts of my work. So that we can have women walking around the world who are in their bodies, loving themselves, unafraid of their sexuality, kind, loving, discerning, and also sharing truth. I call that the activated woman. Mm, yes, yes, yes. That's yeah. what I'm doing. And that's what I want to continue to be, you know. I think it's beautiful what you're doing and I really appreciate everything that you do. And, uh, you know, I think that where we are right now in our evolution, we need people like you on the planet who are willing to kind of like, you know, to make those uncomfortable conversations happen and really to kind of break through the ice of people's fear of their own awareness of that. You know, everyone's talking about health and wellness and they're always talking about the body, but the body is also part of the sexuality and it's also part of intimacy and connection. And so as long as we continue to hold these, these like you said, these things in the shadow, right? And using that as our storage house of where we don't want to, you know, be aware of and take responsibility for, we are going to suffer as a species. Yeah. So I really appreciate you being on this planet and, uh, and I really appreciate you being someone who is creating that conversation and creating a space for people to be able to step into it in a place where they feel loved, nurtured, and held. And Thank I think that's you. really important. Thank you. That's absolutely key. And that's key is doing this work in a really safe space. So it's an important part of my work as well. So I really appreciate it. Be good. Uh, so yeah. So I just want. How can people get in touch with you? How can they get your book? When does it come out? We're all excited about it. So yes, tell yes, me. yes. So the book comes out May nineteenth, and it's coming out with the publisher Sounds True, which is an epic publisher. They've published Ramdas and 
Pama Chodron, all I these love cool people. True. Um, so the book will be on Amazon. It'll be linked in my uh, Instagram on my website, which is alexandraroxo.com. I'm giving out a bunch of free bonus materials, um, embodiment practices, breathwork, meditation, um, as like a little pack for people if they pre-order. So that's coming soon. So you can pre-order right now on Amazon, um, or you can just stay tuned, get on my newsletter, and I'll, I'll have all the goodies. I'm going to do some parties in New York and LA and Miami and San Francisco. So, you know, stay in touch on Instagram. I'm there every day. I do stories. I'm active. I do lives and videos and things. And, you know, ask me questions because I'm here and I would love to engage with you on this topic. If anything here today was a conversation starter for you, instead of just being like, ah, ah, you can just say, hey, guys, I want to ask a question and go deeper with you there. Just know that, you know, the triggering stuff is usually where there's some goal waiting underneath the surface, you know. So we're here for you as we all enter into this new phase together. So Alexandra Roxo on Instagram and .com. And I look forward to connecting with you. Excellent. And you just send me the information and I'll put it up on the Instagram live to let everyone know how to get your book and how to find you and all that stuff. And I'm just so grateful for you being on today's share. Oh, thank you thank so you. much for being thank here Thank you so studio. much. Thank you for supporting me and for being such a good friend and teacher and leader and like person I always look up to. So thank you. I love you. Mm. <laughs> Bye, honey. Hey, Tribe. We're going to take a short break to hear from one of our amazing sponsors who is Lit Verified. Hey Tribe, I want to tell you how life-changing the products of today's podcast sponsor, Blue Blocks, are. Blue Blocks offers an advanced lighting filtering eyewear that targets improved sleep and health. Now, I don't know if you know, but sleep is the most important thing you could ever do for yourself. Why? Because it reduces stress, it reduces inflammation, and it allows your brain to be optimized and function. And I truly believe that if you want to have the best start in your life so you can live a lit life, you want to get some good sleep. And when you're well, when you're well rested, our mind and our body performs at its spiritual potential. To ensure my body gets the sleep that I need, I wear blue blocks. And I wear it because I want to optimize my life. And I wear it also because I like blocking out those horrible artificial blue lights that are emitted from man-made lighting and devices. I mean, you know, we don't even realize how much our brain is being activated by these lights. Blue Blocks offers computer glasses with clear lens to combat digital eye strain when working at a computer all day. And also yellow summer glow lens to help combat anxiety, depression, migraines, and low mood during the day. I kid you not, the signature sleep lens improves sleep when worn before bedtime. And if you want to get that sleep so that you can get out in the world and stay lit, stay powerful, and be the lit leader of legacy that you are, you got to have Blue Box sunglasses. The world leading sunglasses, and they offer non-prescription and prescription sunglasses for readers. So this is a really amazing tribe. So I have to say, they're lit verified. And the best bit is for every pair of Blue Blocks glasses you buy, Blue Blocks will donate a pair of reading glasses to someone in need in a developing world. By taking care of your own health, well, we get to take care of someone else's health. So to get 15% off, head to blueblocks.com. That's B-L-U-B-L-O-X.com and enter the code A-W-T at the checkout. And tribe, remember, we want to be our best self. So get blue blocks. Everyone should have them.
Wow, that was a really powerful, insightful conversation with the lovely Alexandra Roxo. And really excited for her book, Fuck Like a Goddess, Heal Yourself and Reclaim Your Voice, Stand in Your Power. I mean, first of all, we have to understand that the conversations around sensuality, sexuality, women, men, is a conversation we have to have. You know, and we have to start looking at why do we have so many social hangups around sexuality and around talking about it? Because when we keep hiding that in the shadow and keep asking our shadow self to hold on to it because we're not wanting to take responsibility for our own contribution to our own pleasure, our own ecstasy, our own bliss and our own uh, sensitivities to sexuality and relationships and connection, we hold ourselves back in our evolution. And that's just something we can't do anymore. We can't hold ourselves back in evolution anymore. You know, and at this point, we need to look at our own triggers and take responsibility. We have to stop blaming other people and getting mad at other people and getting upset for people showing us places inside of ourselves where we can grow and prosper and become smarter and wiser and greater and more profound in the nature of our being because we're able to look at those triggers and then be able to share those triggers of what happened to us and why we got upset and why we, 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 you know, we lashed out and said things that we, we shouldn't say to each other only but the loving things that we should say, right? so that we can move beyond those limitations and begin to create greater and more profound relationships, which our planet is definitely lacking on, and we can definitely fill that quota. And that quota is a lifelong quota. It's an eternal process of how we interrelate with each other, ourselves, and with other beings. I mean, we're not the only species in this galaxy, and if we can't even learn how to interrelate and connect with each other on this this level, how can we connect with anything outside of this stratosphere, right? And so this is such an important time for us right now, men and women, to be able to look at our triggers, right? And men, you know, I got to say, right? Men who are not looking at their triggers transfer their wounds onto their partners. And that's also a projected abuse, right? It means like, I'm not going to look at what's up hurting me and upsetting me and getting under my skin. So what I'm going to do is I'm just going to lash out, shut down, you know, get angry, be upset and not let myself grow from this beautiful, amazing opportunity. I wish my father would have saw his triggers more. He could have been even greater if he just let me keep pushing those buttons that God asked me to push to help him see the places in him where he had insecurity as a father or just even myself in my own relationships. Now I'm at a point in my life in my old relationships, I was much more, I would say more passive in the nature of like just letting people do whatever they want to do and not really saying what really bothered me until it would get to a breaking point. But now where I am in my relationships is I'm able to say, hey, this is my trigger. This is not about you. This is what is affecting me. Thank you for bringing this to my attention. Here's what it is so that my girlfriend can then say, oh, this is why um, I did that. And here's my trigger and here's my situation. And I didn't realize it affected you that way. And then we come back into this harmonious place where we deserve to be. 
Woohoo! Yes! Because that's what it's about, right? It's about redefining our relationships and, you know, and, and really refining our relationships so that we can have even greater ones. I have tons of friends around me. And what I love about my relationship with my friends is that there's this deep, unconditional love and acceptance. And there's this, un, this, 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 this knowing, right, in, our, in my friendships that they know that they can talk to me and come to me and that I'm not going to judge them no matter what they say to me. And if something triggers me, like I was on a conversation the other day with a friend and she was telling me about stuff that people were saying about me. And I said, well, you know, when you're a public figure, it's really normal that people, you know, that you're going to have haters and you're going to have lovers. And it's just kind of comes with the package. And, you know, being in my circle of friends, it's important that, you know, we don't, you don't take everything that everyone says and bring it to my table because I'm constantly bombarded with press and people saying things and people not liking what I'm putting out there and then people liking what I'm putting out there. And so for me, I just want to focus on bringing the information of love to the people and delivering the energy and saying, hey, here's the energy that was taken from you when you arrived to earth. Here's what is your natural birthright. This is yours. It doesn't belong to anyone. And I've been sent to earth to remind you of your greatness. And that's it. And then what you do with it, that's it. And that's what I want to focus on. I don't want to focus on who thinks this of me and who thinks that of me. But the thing is, it triggered me. And so I had to step back and be like, okay, what was that trigger? And then I called her up and I go, look, I just want to let you know, I was triggered because of this, this, and that. And this is what it brought up for me because I feel like in my circle of friends, there should be this place of safety where I'm not being bombarded by the outside world of people saying this and that. Like, I need you to kind of safeguard that. And I didn't feel that. And, you know, and then it was helping her to process and me to process. And we end up coming in this beautiful place, right? And that's really what it's about. It's like we are triggering each other on global levels. Like countries are triggering each other. And then what do they do instead of like looking at their triggers and what upset them and bringing that to the table in conversations for mediation? They decide to like go to war or they decide to create some type of uh, situation that affects not only the people because of their trigger, they allow it to be this, this abusive projection to the people, which we do a lot on planet Earth. Instead of us taking responsibility for our triggers, we project them outward. And it's not just men who do it. Women do it as well. But men, we really have to step it up because women are taking much more of a responsive action to look at what these things are. We also have to do that as well. And really understanding that we need men to be whole and we need them well and we need people alive to experience life, right? And not just men, but women too, right? And so we need you alive. We need you whole and we need you to, to be here because you have a gift. And so that's important. So really, when we think about it, men, it takes an evolved man to handle, see, and hold with a clear vision that your beloved is helping you. She's elevating you or he's elevating you. It doesn't matter who, what your sexuality is. You're graciously being elevated with unconditional love by them helping you point out these places inside where there is weaknesses or triggers that you're being set up, um, set up on. That means that you're getting affected because that person was set in your life to affect you so that you can see these things and you can grow from them instead of react and get upset and project outward 
and create more suffering for yourself and for the other person because their, their role that they came into your life to play, which is to be there for you and support your growth, isn't being acknowledged. And I think that at this point in our evolution, we really have to step into that space, men, and really go, wait a second, like, what is it that I'm actually running from? What is it that I'm, I'm trying to shut down from? What is it that I keep going back and thinking that I'm comparing my relationship to my last relationship to my relationship in the past? Why am I not being a person who's operating in anything that helps me grow and evolve and expand is a blessing onto me and really stepping into that space, right? And so when we do that, we're able to truly motivate and create and stimulate from a whole different place and that on every level of our being be it physically emotionally mentally and spiritually we're able to step in and really see the other person and really see the people around us and really see ourselves and that is really sexy if you ask me so when we get into that space really going in there and really holding that space for ourselves to be able to step into I can handle my triggers. I'm okay with you showing me and pointing out things where I can grow because you are the greatest gift to me because you're helping me be even a greater person, stronger person, a wiser person. Now, women, we also have to understand too that if you're operating in the context of I'm going to constantly operate from I'm going to put you down, yell at you and call you names, that's not helping us men elevate. That's actually abusing us with your own triggers that you're not taking responsibility for. So that also needs to come into account as well. And we need to also see that if you want to help us men evolve women, it is important to realize that men operate in this idea that we're not allowed to emote our emotions because we are taught that that makes us weak as men. Now, we talked about that a lot with um, Alexander Roxo, which is understanding that men have been in this constant restraint in our evolution because we have not been able to truly express ourselves in the way that we truly want to express ourselves because we've been told that it's a weakness. So, you know, we do have emotions, right? But we were taught that our emotions are weak spots and that women are the bearer of our weaknesses. And that has been pushed down from one generation to the next generation to the next generation until an empowered, activated man shows up and becomes the king and realizes that that little boy mentality of I can't handle my triggers and take responsibility for what's happening to me and I'm going to blame it on the woman is dissolved and cleared and transferred into a place of light and consciousness and understanding of unity, right? And so as we step into that space, we have to understand that, yes, we have not been able to truly understand our emotions as much as women have. And so when we see women getting emotional, we can't get upset with them because of the fact they're being emotional because we don't understand it. That means we need to ask them, hey, what's it like for you to feel these emotions right now? I want to learn about emotions. Can you help me with my own emotions? Is there places that you see in me where I'm not letting my emotions come out? Is there places that you see I'm trying to be strong when I really need to just let go? These are places where women can really show up and support us and vice versa because not all women are coming from that nature. Some women have taken on a more masculine point of view in order to survive and to be 
on the planet in a way that makes them feel safe. So they've taken on a very masculine energy too. And so then we have to look at like what roles we're playing and so forth. And this isn't just for a heterosexual relationship because I'm not really into that. I'm really into just whomever you choose to be with on a soul sexual level. And soul sexuality, because we we're talking about Alexandra, we're talking about bisexuality. And soul sexuality is realizing that it's, I don't want to get into all these ABCDs and I'm, I'm this and I'm pan and I'm Jen and I'm fluid and I, I don't know what all those things mean and I'll be completely honest with you I don't and I think it's too much for my vocabulary I, I, I would need a book and a dictionary and I would need to study it like I'm studying a language and so because of that I just don't really want to put that into my aptitude of learning and really put that through my modus operandi so I'm looking more from the context of soul sexuality so what is soul sexuality it invites everyone Soul sexuality invites everyone. It's an opportunity for us to be able to see the quality of human interaction and connection from in the place of the soul, right? What is the soul feeling through its embodiment? That means that the biological spacesuit that you live in may be male or female, but your soul is operating from a different context. And so therefore, you could be a man, but your soul is wants to be with a man. It doesn't mean that you're gay or you're straight or you're bisexual or you're pan or whatever these other things are, right? You're just a soul sexual person. You choose to um, invite your body to be with a same sex body and share intimacy in the way that's possible for you in that biological spacesuit. This is not what you look like. And so don't be beholden so much to this physical form because your physical form will return to earth. It's made up of all types of things like different fungi and all kinds of different um, microbes and all types of different bacteria and all kinds of different things that your body's made up of, like, you know, organisms and all this stuff. Like your body's made up of all kinds of things from the earth and it will return to the earth because it belongs to the earth but where you belong and where you uh, come from is this universal field of regenerating light source which we call the source or god or people can call it christ or muhammad whatever people want to interpret it as it doesn't really matter uh what we're talking about here is that the, the quality of you is beyond the physical, meaning that you are an eternal being, that you just choose a biological spacesuit to be able to flourish and carry out whatever it is that you chose to carry out, that you needed this spacesuit to carry it out. Because when you were chosen to choose your spacesuit, and you chose either male or female, you chose as according to what you felt at the time was necessary, doesn't necessarily mean that your soul needs to be with the sex that's supposed to that the world says you're supposed to be with because that's the rules of, of the matrix and planet earth that's not the rules of planet earth that's the rules of, of the people on earth who generated those rules through all types of stories that they've told throughout time and decided that that was going to be best for survival procreation um profit sharing and you know and and really kind of uh creating stronger family holds and, and bonds and so forth so when we get out of this context of like, not everyone has to have a baby, not everyone has to be with the same sex. And I'm not saying for everyone to go around and be with the same sex. I'm just simply saying like, let's get rid of those labels. Let's get rid of those lines and soul sexuality, you know, as we step into this, this awareness of fifth dimension, recognizing that we're soul sexual beings and we're not putting rules and we're not putting uh, things that the matrix taught us. We're creating our own experience of life. And I think that's really important when it comes to connection because I have you know male buddies who are super macho friends of mine who just love to cuddle me 
they just want to hold me and cuddle me and hug me and and like lay and talk on the bed and talk about life and lay on the blanket and stars and just cuddle and hang out and stuff and we're just dudes having fun cuddling but it doesn't have to be anything sexual but if a man can't get into that space because he's like i'm a man i'm not supposed to be held by another man that's the the disconnect because there are many tribes and many cultures where men gather together and get into that space of ceremony of hugging and bathing together and just living with each other before they choose their brides or their women and so forth. And these contexts of tribal culture still exist today in indigenous form. And we can't just dismiss this level of engagement and connection just because you're in a body and there's rules placed upon you through religion or context of social structures that places idea that if you do this, you're this. And if you do this, you're this. And if you do that, you go in that box. There's no box. The box is created by the individual themselves, not and, and by you only if you accept it. The individual who creates the box is putting the box in front of you. It doesn't mean you need to jump into that box. If you choose to jump into that box, then that's on you, right? That's on you. So when we get to the, the, the greater context of, of relating to one another, we have to realize that people like boxes. And when you come out of a box, people are triggered. They don't like it. They think, oh, well, I jumped in a box, so you should be in a box. And if you're not in the box, then it's not okay. And now I'm going to raise hell and I'm going to get upset and I'm going to call you names. And I'm going to, you know, people get completely irate and upset and scared. Because at the core energy of it all, they're scared. They're scared that how come they jumped in a box and you are not following the rules and jumping in the box. And guess what? You don't have to follow the rules because the only rules that is at all necessary for you to follow are the ones that are governed in love. And that is what? That means that you are free because love is free. It has no price. It has no rules and agendas love doesn't need to come in that way if love is coming that way for you that's because that's not love that's control know the difference right and so that's the reason why i talk about soul sexuality so when we come out of realizing that you know we've been so much putting women in this display box of this is what a woman is this is how they act this is what we're going to be uh you know experiencing and so forth we limit them we frame them and we hold them back from their greatest potential which is to support us support the planet and support themselves and each other in their sisterhood to be able to create a new frontier as we're creating it as men right so when we get into male tribe and woman tribe we actually need each other to be free and be open and be um, aware of seeing each other in our most brilliant and most beautiful ways versus looking for the most uncomfortable and unpleasant ways because we have all of these triggers. And so I really love the conversation that Alexandra was bringing up around that. And it's really important um, if you, you know, missed any of that to go back and listen to that again in the podcast um, because this is such a great episode because I know it's going to spark some things up for people but I also know it's going to be some like aha to haha moments for people who are listening especially um, couples and people who are single to really hear these types of conversations that are being brought back you know we have the understanding of women who are in their power are strong radiant and they claim their sexual desires are labeled as sluts and whores and bad girls because they're owning their power which i i you know my girlfriend is you know definitely a powerhouse 
And I see her as a radiant, a wise woman who is capable of knowing what she wants and making her own decisions and doesn't put up with, you know, like anything from me. Right. And, you know, and puts me in my place, but from a loving place and laughs about it, which even makes me see more of her power. Right. And I think any kind of labeling of women have to come undone. And I think men, it's our responsibility to go out in the world and really hold space for women. So when we see other men making these type of derogatory statements towards women, we need to check our brothers. We need to check them. Like one time I was with a bunch of guys and they were saying like, oh, yeah, and that slut and that bitch. And I'm like, excuse me. Uh, no. No, um, you know what? Just so you know, that doesn't make you a stronger man or a more greater man. Um, that actually makes you look weak because if you can't see your sister in all her greatness and her brilliance and her majesty, then you don't see your own majesty. That means you're a little boy and you're not a king. And that's what we need to start holding other men up to. We need to hold them accountable for removing these labels and markers they've placed on women in the most destructive and, um, and, and just degrading ways and really create a space for women to heal outside of those labels and conditions that they've been exposed to. I think it's very important. And I think that if we're going to thrive on our planet, it is important for us to recognize the value in it. And, and, and at this time and age, how uh, much priority we need to put on that, taking down that false structure and rebuilding something that's more beautiful and more embracing and more accepting and much more nurturing for women to see their power and own their power. And this also goes for little girls, you know, too. And then when we're dealing with little boys, dealing with that as well, which I think is really important. Um, right now, you know, so a lot of the things that we always create a charge around on our planet is that we don't talk about sex and we don't talk about money. They hold so much charge in this 3D reality. Why? They are seem to be the most important thing that we focus on the most. I mean, think about it. The porn industry is one of the most billion, billion dollar industry because we're so repressed that it's easy to make money off of, of this industry because when you repress people, they hide in the shadows and do things behind closed doors. So that way you don't know because they feel guilty and shameful to be about it in the, in the, in the eyes of the public or to share what they really feel and what they really like with their partners out in the open. And that's what causes a lot of divorce. That's what causes a lot of problems in relationships because people are not being honest about their needs. They're not being honest about, you know, talking about sex, having the conversation about sex, having the conversation about money. These things need to be discussed. These things need to be brought to the forefront without fear, pull them right out of the shadow and say, hey, you know what? This is where I'm at sexually. This is what I've experienced sexually. This is what goes on with me. This is how I feel. This is what I'm feeling and so forth. And when we have that, that very open conversation, like Alexandra was saying, that's when we get to make huge shifts, not only for ourselves, but for the people around us, which I think is really beautiful. So if we're harboring those desires, it will come out in all types of other ways through obsessive porn, snacking, um, you know, overeating, not taking care of our health, smoking, drugs, alcohol. I mean, the list 
goes on, right? Shopping addictions, you know, because we're looking for ways to fill in those voids and those holes of that vacuous space that we didn't fill in with love, which easily gets plugged up the moment we fill it with love and acceptance, right? So suppressions of desires is not something we want to continue with on our spiritual evolution. We want to be able to talk about our desires. I had a couple ones where a guy didn't talk about the things that he really enjoyed sexually and he would just have sex with his wife um you know and it was the worst situation to the point where it was leading to them breaking up and when i sat down with them i realized that they weren't being honest about their needs desires their wants and and things that they want to experience with each other on an intimate level the way they look at romance they look the way they feel about love all of that needs to be brought up in a conversation i always say i front load information to people before i had my girlfriend when i meet people i front load it to them i'm like hey this is what i'm looking for this is what i'm about this is the thing experiences that i've had and I'm not shameful of them. So we don't, I don't hide them. I'm like, these are my experiences. I've had these experiences. This is the level of aptitude that I am at intimately. Um, this is my, my, my elevated level of intimacy. Um, I'm looking for someone who can match that level or take me even further. If I'm not willing to be honest about that and I get in a relationship with someone who's novice in that space and they're still learning how to find out what feels good to them and what they like and what they don't like, then it's going to be a horrible experience for me and it can actually hurt them and hurt me, break my heart, break their heart because we engaged in something without really talking about who we are and what we like and what we're all about. And I think that's really important for us to have those conversations and stop putting them in the shadow. The shadow has enough to hold on to for us that we haven't taken responsibility for. I think it would be nice and opportune time for us to take that out of the shadow and the money stuff and start having conversations around it. So, you know, we need to rewrite the narrative of for shame and from shame to power and how do we do this we start in our relationships our sexual relationships instead of following the script that we've been communicating to each other throughout the years which is based on trauma and fear and shame and guilt and feeling repressed we need to engage in beautiful conversations with our partners and with the friends around us to talk about these things so that we create clear understanding and clarity, which is the most important thing, which is clarity, um, to create safe boundaries for us to feel safe to speak about those things and feel loved and supported through it, right? And that helps us to shift out of those narratives where we have to speak up and we're not withholding our hearts, we're not staying in guilt and shame and fear, and we get to talk about the real stuff, the real conversations, so that we can peel the layers collectively and therefore shift the consciousness on earth from shame to feeling safe and liberated by being who we are and how we were created. So it, it takes a lot of courage to live from the heart, but we can't just pretend like this shit isn't happening anymore. We really have to step into a space of, it's okay for me to be uncomfortable right now talking about this with you, but I know that by doing so, not only am I helping you evolve, I'm also helping me evolve. And that's really big, if you ask me. That's a really big thing. So we are a species deprived for affection and love. How much do you actually get touched on a general basis? I mean, just ask yourself that question. How much do you actually allow people to touch you, rub you, connect with you, 
cuddle you, hold you. Sometimes when people hear me say, I want to have a cuddle party, cuddle puddle, people are like, what? The shaman wants to have a cuddle puddle? Yeah, I do. I love being hugged. I love affection. I always like reaching out to people and touching them when I go to talk to them and hugging them and holding their hands when I see them about to cry. And whenever I see like my girlfriend having a difficult moment, I just walk up to her, put my arms around her and whisper in her ear, it's going to be okay. I put my hand on her hand. When my friend is, my male friend's going through a difficult time, I just put my arms around him. I'm like, it's okay, man. It's all right. You can let go here with me. And then he just cries in my arms, you know, and he's like, you know, like my buddy recently, you know, just had a breakup with his girlfriend and he was in town from New York, you know, and this guy is like a business banker man, you know, like very sophisticated human being, you know, that type of person. And, you know, just sat on my couch and was like, I saw him, you know, I saw he needed, he needed his bro to just put his arms around him and let him cry like a baby in my arms so he can heal. We need that as men, right? And women need that as too. And men need that too. So, you know, women need that as well, and men need that as well. And so we really need to step into that space of it's okay for us to change the narrative of what's okay for us to express and, what, and, and not putting the repression on ourselves, right? And what's really important is that we stop calling each other names and putting each other down. We need to start edifying our brothers and sisters, right? You know, Alexandra Roxo is an amazing woman because she has no problem getting right to the direct situation that's taking place in life. And that's something I've always admired about her since the day that I first met her, is that she has no problem telling me exactly how it is. I ask her about a guy she's with, and she tells me exactly what it was spiritually, mentally, emotionally, and physically for her where it didn't sit with her, what were the triggers for her, how did she grow from this, and how much love she has for that person for showing up in her life and revealing those things for her to see. She's always been a person who's never just sat back and was like, oh, men are horrible, men are this, men are that. No, she teaches women how to really step into being the goddess and learning and to love and heal those really deep wounds that seem to be deep, but are really just her saying, hey, we just want to get out and return back to the light and heal, but you keep repressing them by creating the same Groundhog's Day mentality of the same type of situation over and over because you're keeping it in the shadow instead of bringing it to the light. And so I really love that because having discussions about sex, relationship, connections needs to be high vibe, like Alexandra says. People need to feel that it's high vibe conversation for them to be able to engage in not this low vibration energy that she spoke about in her share with me. It's how people react when you talk about these things because they're uncomfortable. So if they're uncomfortable, they want you to be uncomfortable. And I'm sorry, but we have to shake it up to wake it up, to take it up to that high vibe energy. And in order for us to shake it up, to wake it up, to take it up, we have to be willing to be the person who initiates those conversations without fear. And that's really what it steps into courage and strength and really being there and showing up as a human being on planet Earth and saying, you know what? I'm going to be the person on Earth that brings attention to this, even if it makes people upset, even if people like say things to me or get upset with me. I'm going to bring these things to the front, to the front line. I'm going to lay them in the, f- in the face of the source, meaning I'm going to lay them in the light so that it can be shined on and we can get our shine on in the right way. 
I know that there's a lot of things that we talked about with Alexandra Roxo. I encourage you, encourage you to get her book when it comes out and pay attention, follow her on Instagram, get involved with what she's doing. She's an amazing source of information that is helping so many people in this area where we've been repressed and held back. I love you so much, Tribe. And I know that this conversation could have ruffled some of your feathers. But you know what? I'm glad that it did. Because I know at this point where we are in our evolution, we can't hold back. We can only go forward. So I love you. And remember, you are powerful and amazing. And you were born to be victorious. Bye. Hey Tribe, we're going to take a short break to hear from one of our amazing sponsors who is Lit Verified. I love Ayurveda, Tribe, and that is why I love Yuveda. Yuveda offers complete Ayurvedic supplements which support mood, digestion, joint, immunity, and general health. My favorite one is the mood because I'm dealing with so much energy coming from everywhere and it's always nice to keep my mood in the right place. In addition, Yuveda also just launched their new essential oils, which I'm super excited about. Yuveda's new roll-on essential oils are perfect for quick relief throughout your day. Available for mood, digestion, immunity, and joints and pairs perfectly with your supplement kit supporting ideal internal and external balance. Another reason I love Yuveda is that their mission revolves around paying their respect to Mother Nature, and through this they have partnered with One Tree Planted, a nonprofit organization dedicated to reforestation for every supplement kit sold. Yuveda will be donating one dollar $1 is all you need to plant one tree. Every supplement kit will plant one tree. How awesome is that? And how cool to be giving back. Use code SHAMAN gets you 35% off a one-time order and an additional 5% off of a subscription order. Thank you so much for tuning in to Ancient Wisdom Today, Tribe. I love you all so, 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 so much. And if you want to stay connected, be sure to check me out on IG at Shaman Durek. And if you have any questions whatsoever, please visit shamandurek.com or contact info at shamandurek.com to learn more and remember to stay lit. I love you.